on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. Devontae Adams, Delvin Cook, CMC, big names, but are they going to stay that way? Stay tuned. Welcome to a tale of travels. A fancy football podcast put on by your three-peat, go with your gut. All I do is win, 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 no matter what champion. And a numbers obsessed, spreadsheet loving, always runner-up nerd to find some sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Hi, Dave. Why, hello, sir. Don't call it the Jordan flu game, but I'm struggling through this week. Uh, I hope people, I think I'll call this my Angie Harmon voice, the raspy law and order lawyer, which was, oh gosh, I love Jason Seahorn's wife. But uh, that's, that's kind of performance I'm doing right now, Todd. Happy to be here. How are you, sir? Dave, I am great. You know why I'm great, Dave? I have a couple of guesses, but why are you great? Dave, Levi Valentine's C2C week. I'm just dominating. I'm dominating. I have one loss in the pro side, and I'm in the championships, and I'm about to smack down Aaron Wilcox. The same Aaron Wilcox that had a choice between me and somebody else to play in the first round, and what did he do? He ran for me, Dave. He ran. You know what to run now, Aaron? You and me in the championship. You're going down. You're going down. Year one in the league, I'm going to win the pro and college championship. The league's going to fall because I'm just too good. Good stuff, Todd. Let's just say there's a lot of people rooting against you. I know, I love it. <laughs> I just want to say, everyone who's been giving me trash, they're like, "Oh, Dave, come on, you come on, you take him down, take him down," which I did last year. But take him down. Now they 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 they're failing when their chance. You took me down in a in a redraft league. In a redraft league. It's it, it's more than a redraft league, Todd. It's one, more keeper. Than one keeper. One keeper. One <laughs> keeper. Emotionally, it's more. But anyway, sir, we digress. <laughs> we digress. You're into your. This is this is your bread and butter, Todd. The topics tonight. Uh, are you fading, Devontae? Am I reading this right? You're fading, Devontae Adams. No, I'm not defeating <laughs> Devontae Adams. I'm saying why fade Devontae Adams because that seems to be a popular take. All right, so we've got the wide receiver four in PPR, third most targeted player in the league, third in receiving yards, fourth in catches, only five TDs after having 18 last year. When touchdown regression comes into play, Woe is here, and he's still the number four wide receiver in PPR. And targets equal talent, correct, David? I understand he's 28. Aaron Rodgers has been his QB this whole time, which is ending. And those are some pieces to support a fade narrative, 100%. But he's on pace for his fourth straight top five wide receiver finish. How much more studlier can you get than that? In my rankings, he's still my wide receiver five. So I have Jefferson, Lamb, Chase, and Hill in that order over him. And then I add DK right behind Adams, and that's my tier one. My tier one for wide receivers is 60. 
But Adams is still firmly there. The only other, we'll say, older vet would be like Tyreek Hill, who I have just ahead of him, who's just a target monster, right? So, and like a wide receiver five, that still could be a kind of mind-blowing considering how dominant and consistent he's been. So I believe most people have him outside the top five, as every dynasty ranker on DFL, DFL does. But I don't get it. He's consistently dominant. And he's done it with and without a high number of TDs. Yes, that transition to QB is unknown. Yes, he's approaching 30. But I think those narratives are way overblown. Three more stud years isn't a crazy expectation in my mind. Jordan Love is definitely a big piece in that. But I truly believe that Devontae's floor is a top 12 wide receiver over the next three years with Love throwing him the rock. Tell me I'm wrong, Dave. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't have him top five like you do, uh, but before I get into that, I just Why? want to say, Why? I, before I get into that, Todd, I'm just trying to recover from the fact that you just mentioned T- TD regression, sir. Look at you. Look at you, Mr. Analytics. <laughs> he has less TDs than last year. That's all it is. I'm like... <laughs> It wasn't that freaking analytical, bro. That's just looking at two years of numbers. So that being said, I think he's more of a top 10 wide receiver for me. He turns 29 on on, New Year, on Christmas Eve. Sometimes these linear rankings don't make a lot of sense because it does, like you said last episode, sometimes it depends on how your team situation is. That being said, I don't see a lot of situations where Devontae Adams does not help your team. But there's just a couple of facts that happen when you come, when you have an older wide receiver. And I, I mention a lot, but one, his trade value decreases the older he gets. Two, he also, if he sustains a major injury and you lose him for a year, that even that even craters his value even more. And it, it's just, I'm not saying that he can't come back from it. Really, when these when these older wide receivers get hurt, it really takes away their because you're really banking on that production versus value, and that and that's it. It's a production versus value consideration, and I think that keeps Devonte in the top ten or at least Julio! the top twelve. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, Todd, I did everything but say this was a Julio conversation all over again because they're not the same age. Julio is a couple years older when we had this last conversation, but I think top twelve for sure. Top 10's realistic. I'll rather just take some other players. I think I'll take, I'll, I'll reliably take, Devon, I'll take like Stefan Diggs. I'll take Devontae Adams over Stefan Diggs. There's only like a year and a half difference, if that, in the two. There's like a year and a, a couple months difference. So I'll take Devontae over Stefan Diggs. And that, that year doesn't matter a lot to me. He, Devontae Adams is at past that point now where he's been dinged for a couple seasons now because of his age. And, uh, like once you get past that age 27, 28 season and there's a real dip to starting, like once you get 29, 30, that dynasty dip really hits. That's when I like to hop back. I like to hop back in at that depreciated value because last year he was a top three dynasty asset or top three wide receiver. Now he's top 10. I didn't have to suffer that drop in value. I can get back in and take advantage of that value to point scoring differential. All right, so here's my point to that, is that clearly with you having him outside of your top five, like of other, other rankers are, we're already starting that narrative. So the buy window's there. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, 100%. It is 100%. I agree. But buy window is, the, 
It is now. The time is now to go get so, Devontae Adams. If you go get Devontae Adams and you're looking for that 30 dip, because that's two seasons away, right? So you're looking at buying it two supposedly elite and then the year of like taking a step back that's probably still around top 12. That's an unbelievable price compared to like what the narrative is being pushed. It's insane. And you are in playoffs and like you just missed that year. And like seeing what kind of package you put together for Devontae. Because that Aaron Rodgers narrative is just going to be beaten down our throats, too. And there's some truth to it. There's 100%. He's going from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a guy that was kind of surprising to go in the first round, in all honesty. But he still was a first-round first capital. Those are all big, big question marks and narratives that, like, lead to a value trade for you. So don't fade Devontae yet. Just don't. Don't be like Dave. And too, Todd, what is nice, I will say, too, what is nice about Devontae Adams is he was probably what, like, worth like three firsts last year or, or something like that. Maybe at the beginning of last year, worth three firsts. Now he's like two firsts to go get. Yeah. And 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 to me, I don't understand why that, that value is so much lower. But that's what the market dictates. It's crazy, man. Crazy. He's totally worth two firsts if he's a missing piece for you. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing like DLF, Terrace Marshall, two firsts. For Devontae Adams and a third and a Jeff Wilson. Like, yeah, that's... Oh, that's sexy. People don't like talking about, like, oh, how many first-round picks to go get a player. But when a player's this old, sometimes that's the easiest way to go get a, a deal done. Yeah, is man. that Because those teams that are looking to get out from those old players covet, covet draft picks. So I think this is it applies a lot easier in this in this scenario. For sure, man. For sure. All right. On to another guy that's getting a dip in value. Dalvin Cook. Let's have a little value check in here. Uh, David, you've officially won our Cook Swift trade from last year. Uh, enjoy this little victory because you will screw it up, and I will victimize you in a trade later. The Panther will come for you. I owe dude, you Dude, dude, I got, I, got, I got torn apart for that trade. Torn apart. Yeah, you really did. And the funny thing, too, is I think the person who defended you most was me. <laughs> I was the other person on the other <laughs> side of the trade. And I was like, it was like really hard for me to accept that trade. I think the kicker was you let me no longer like have OBJ on my team. I was like, thank you for taking him. Yeah. Thank you for making me feel like I got something in return for OBJ. <laughs> so I was like, I need him off my team. Tough year to be a Cork manager. RB17 in PPR with three missed games. Uh, he was the RB1 in some boards preseason. He was my RB3. And he shifted down to my RB6, which is, you know, I, I can see the people getting him outside of that. But I think you need to still respect that top five ceiling until it's gone. And that middle tier of like running, like, I should say middle tier, that tier of running backs, it's full of question marks anyways. Chubb, Barkley, El Elliott. Mixon, Aaron Jones, plenty of reasons to have some sort of question about any of those guys. But Cook is definitely discouraging, to say the least, this year. Averaging 0.5 less TDs and around 20 less rushing yards per game than he was last year. Only three games over 100 yards rushing and only two games with six or more targets. Add in the age, the injuries, there's considerable reason for concern here. I'm absolutely selling Delvin Cook this offseason. 100%. And if you're in our uh, Tale of Two Rivals Listener League, 
I'm selling Delvin Cook this offseason. But the point is, is like, I do think there is some optimism with him with the playoffs coming around. Bears and Packers, not elite rushing defenses. That Rams uh, matchup week 16 is a little rough. A sit-em situation by any means, but like, there's some pluses there. It, it seems like the cliff has arrived, Dave, and it's hard for me to accept that. But yeah, so what would I look for for him? So like, you know, you always love draft capital, but if I'm contending and I want an RB back, I'd be targeting Javante Williams, Akers, Mixon, or maybe even Eckler if somebody's crazy enough to do that one. Uh, because some people might still feel like they're not close in value. And if I'm contending and okay without getting a major back in return, I love the idea of using him in a package that gets me, you know, DJ Moore or Higgins or like McLaurin plus a bunch of assets for him. And you could even use Cook to go get one of like Cook plus to maybe go get like a Chase or like a Lamb. That would probably be a pretty involved deal, but he still could be enough of like a feature piece to do something like that. In some sort of way, I'd be trying to cash out on Cook as high as I can this offseason before the wheels come off because it seems like they are coming off. But hopefully he does some things towards the end of the season to retain that value going to the offseason. So I, I don't really have a lot to say on Cook besides the fact that he's had one of the biggest things about Cook is that his ability to score touchdowns in in big plays. Like he had a lot of big play touchdowns and he also had a lot of on top of that, he had a lot of red zone opportunities to score touchdowns last year and over the last couple of years, to be honest. And this year, he's been tackled at like the one yard line like five times and not scored a touchdown in that on that drive or something. So he's had some really, really bad TD luck. He's a couple of TDs away from people not panicking because it has been a rough year for him. Uh, but he's only a couple of TDs away from being a top 12. And he he's def he still has the ability to go get he still has the ability to be a dominant fantasy running back and it's because he also not only does he get a lot of high value touches but he also gets 4.1 targets per game so while it hasn't been necessarily paying off so far with the touchdowns and everything but i think we might see some more of that in the second half of the season and i i think he still has value I mean, I'm still out of him as a dynasty asset. I think if I'm trying to compete now, I think he's a good trade target and try to take advantage of the dip that is going on with him. I think people need to realize, I don't think his play has been awful by any means. I think it's more of it's just some, sometimes at running back, you don't, your TD luck sucks. And then injuries too, of course. I do think that he hasn't been nearly as dynamic or efficient this year than he has in those bigger years. By no means has he not sucked, but by no means has he not been the stud that he was. And the thing is, is that you were the one that was talking about this fade uh, last offseason. And that's when I jumped all over getting him for Swift because in a playoff run to go for title three, I I want to cook. And I, I did not see this dip this year. And I get I get what you're saying about like the TDs coming back in the second half. And even if it does, it doesn't make up for the struggles from beforehand. You know what I mean? Because it's probably tanked a lot of teams. He's probably tanked. It has. It has. And this is why, if you look at my team, Dave, like my team always has depth at like this position, like a McKissick, uh, Damian Harris, like guys like that. 
that I know I can go and turn to and like I try to stack my team. Like I had like I got went out and got Mark Ingram for like nothing and now he has a starting opportunity. You know? Um well once like when Kamara's been out and he had some big weeks with the Texans before he left. So the point is, is like, there's always like a need for those kind of guys to have the depth. And you got to make sure that if you're investing heavily in running back to have those guys, like your Hines, your McKissicks, the guys that have roles that you know that week in, week out, they're going to get an opportunity to put up points. So in case your studs do go down, you have a serviceable piece to put in place because it will help you breathe the storm. Cook 100% has nose dives in the team. It's time to get out, people. It's time to get out. See if anybody's still a believer this offseason. All right. So, from one frustrating running back to the next, CMC, the man who is in the tier all of his own this offseason, might not even be the RB1 anymore, right? I mean, he sh- he's not. It's Jonathan Taylor. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just Jonathan Taylor is the RB1. Anything else is an incorrect answer. That's what I'm just going to say. So, you got to look at the injuries with CMC and the age. You just have to. Like, you have to just realize that this is the reality of the situation at this point. And it's not the fact that it's a complete fade, but they're cause for concern. However, though he's only played four games, I mean, excuse me, he's only played six games. Four of those games have been CMC-like games, including his last two. So those are games that are pushing around like 24 PPR points, which is fantastic, right? Two weeks ago, he was my RB4. And I really looked at that ranking And it bothered me. And I said, what puts Swift and Harris over CMC? And I realized today that that was a bit of a reaction. I put him right back to RB2. So why do I have him over Swift? Honestly, because Swift plays for the Lions. That's it. If Swift had his role and volume of just about any other team in the NFL, I'd probably put him over CMC. That was enough for me to say, I just can't invest in a player on the Lions like that over CMC. And why over Najee Harris? The volume and the numbers are there, but he's not efficient whatsoever. He's more reliant on volume than CMC is, in my eyes. So CMC is still capable of being in his own category and being the top running back, but it's those injuries in the back-to-back seasons that have a shook, and rightfully so. So I do think there's a bit of a window here to go out and buy him because people overreacted to when he left last year, and then rightfully so, he came up with another injury. So we have to be mindful of that. But I think he needs to be treated like a stud because he's still the stud of studs when he is healthy. We're not talking about Saquon Barkley here. I like have Saquon like at 11 on my rankings now. All right. Because you still got to respect like what happens if he does get back to that level. But I'm just not as confident in that thing in CMC. And also what CMC's ceiling is compared to Saquon's ceiling is like, like an entire RB2, in my opinion. Do not overreact on CMC and really look at his per game, his per game this year, and remember what he is still capable of and what he's just as recently done. And this offseason, people are going to want to be able to possibly get out of him because they're going to overreact over the last two years of injury. They're not overreact, I should say. They're going to react to that. There's gamble there, but there's just huge payoffs as well. I don't necessarily agree with CMC over Swift. I understand like how great CMC is and everything, but I just I just think Swift is essentially Alvin. He it's not even essential. I think he's Alvin Kamara type of a player, and I want. I think I just have I have JT and Swift in the in a, in a tier. I haven't quite decided if I want Najee in that tier. 
I talk, when we talk about injuries, uh, there's a definitely some fragility in Christian McCaffrey's, and not like his body or not, but like uh, dynasty owners' confidence in Christian McCaffrey. Like you said, that like he was the unquestioned RB one in his own tier, and that's no longer the case. Like, and we've you talked about like four or five names when you were talking about him, and we were talking about Dalvin Cook last year or two years ago, maybe starting to fade him. Well, now we've reached that part with Christian McCaffrey is how much longer can we ride this Christian McCaffrey train? And it's going to be awful tough for me to target Christian McCaffrey in dynasty in the, in the off season. He'd be like an in season move for me at this point. Uh, and knowing that he would put me over the top. Uh, that's just how I approach these older running backs. Yeah. I think the only reason I don't say that he's an in season move right now is the fact that I'm just kind of respecting the deadline piece right now. Like most places are like outside of deadline, like, also, like, he just had two big weeks, so it's, like, a tough time to buy into him. But I, the only thing I don't want to agree with you on is, is that you're looking at a guy that is putting up, like, dominant numbers right now, and I do understand the idea of that cliff. But I also think what CMC does compared to what De- Delvin Cook does, CD, CMC is not a touchdown, like, dependent kind of a guy. And I'm not saying Cook was fully either. But CMC gets, like, what he does in the receiving game alone is going to keep him in that top eight of running back. And I don't see that fading anytime soon. His receiving role is going to give him an unbelievably safe floor. The issue with CMC is the injury. And it's like, whether you feel like this is going to be now his returning, like, narrative. And I don't know if that's the case, but I'm willing to say that it's definitely a risk versus reward. And I do feel that buying into him this offseason is going to be significantly more achievable than it has been in others. I'll agree with you there. I'll agree with you there. Uh, He's going to be a lot more easier. His ease of buy is a lot uh, easier. I think the way that you think about Devontae Adams about this is how I would think about CMC if I was contending at running back. And you're going to have to give up significant pieces to go and get him. But you're also talking about a guy that could change you from to a playoff team, to a, a contending possible champion. He's that kind of a player that can make that kind of impact. And he could easily be the number one overall scoring non-QB in Superflex for PPR format. Easily. Easily. That's, That's the same. I wish I had Javante. I wish I had Javante Williams on a bunch of teams so I could go use him to go get Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's probably pretty easy. It doesn't probably take a ton for certain teams to be, I think it's doable with, with Javante Williams to go get Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying like straight up or anything, but it's that, that trade feels like it's was made to happen. hundred percent, hundred percent. Davey, that's it. You can find me at FF underscore Benjamin over on here. A tale to Ravos. And you can find some of my stuff over at the IDP guys rankings and all such. Davey, where can they find you? You can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on the Tweet Machine, on Patreon. Find me over at Rookie Fever. The full fever is about, like, we're in a little bit, we're seeing the rookies start to, to, to pop off here, so we're having a lot of fun over on Rookie Fever. Yes, sir. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we're very thankful for everyone for tuning in. Peace.